0: Transmitting from the Mojave Wilderness in Joshua Tree, California. Now is the time for Desert Oracle Radio, the voice of the desert. Night has fallen on the desert. And I have been having a lot of interesting dreams. How about you? Now, way back on March 17th, that magical St. Patrick's Day without the mobs of amateurs puking green beer in the streets, I posted something because the time seemed ripe for it. If you have a notebook or diary gathering dust and don't have to wake to an alarm right now, try writing down whatever dreams you can remember as soon as you wake up it's astounding how much is going on up there and how much of it we usually forget. Nearly a month on, the reports are in. People are having a lot of intense dreams. Now, you know how much I think about the mysterious and the divine, how it barges into the lives of even the most basic people now and again? But before we go down that road, I'd like to offer a prosaic reason why many of us are remembering our dreams right now, and here I am speaking exclusively of the housebound, those who don't work in any sort of essential job, or maybe weren't working before all this, whether due to retirement or disability or unemployment, or maybe even because they're rich as Midas and don't have to work. When you don't wake to an alarm, you tend to remember more of your dreams. When you don't need to bolt out of bed and run, run, run to the day's mundane task and the time clock and the commute and the calendar on your computer that does your thinking for you, you have a moment to reflect, to ponder, to run through some things in your head. People who are afraid to be alone with their thoughts, i found, usually don't have many thoughts to start with. So if you were there in bed, even if the alarm went off, but you don't really have to leave and you can afford a few minutes to wake up slowly, then you will probably remember at least a few flickers from the dreams you had, especially the dreams closest to the time you awoke. This is why I keep a dream journal close at hand, so when I awake and I can scribble down whatever I remember, it's still fresh in my head before it's lost to the waking life. The waking life just eats up the rich world of your dream life. It eats it up and it spits it out, and there's nothing you can recognize after that. It's just gone. so write it down write down your dreams if nightmares plague you a true fact is that writing them down can weaken their ability to scare you there's something about finding the words to describe some faceless monster chasing you up the stairs with a what was that a boat paddle a frozen turkey that really replaces the horror with absurdity and then maybe when that sort of dream occurs again you are more prepared you might even be able to switch on the lucid dreaming and recognize the stupidity and ridiculous nature of the events within the dream itself and that's always fun because once you're lucid then you also know there's nothing that can hurt you in a dream There may be a vision or a prophecy or it may be a mishmash of workaday anxieties and the half-baked plot of a stupid Netflix show you fell asleep watching the night before. Well, if you allow a filthy TV screen in your bedchamber, which you should not, That may happen a lot, the recycling of the entertainment. So leave that thing in the other room if you can. Don't open up your sleeping self to the for-profit garbage generated by an industry. They do not have your best interest in mind. So my assumption here, based on my own experience and the experiences of many others who have reported on their dreams, is that having a few extra moments to reflect when you wake is what gives you the space to remember the dreams you just had, just before waking at least. That's why we think we're having more dreams right now. We've got a little more headspace, those of us who are under lockdown, and that's most of the world now. Again, except for the essential workers doing the essential work at great risk to themselves and generally with no choice in the matter. But even the exhausted can recall their dreams, especially if the dreams awaken them in the night. So write down your dreams. Write as much as you can remember, as quickly as you can. As soon as you start trying to make sense of it, start trying to create transitions where none existed, create order out of the dream world chaos, you lose it. So write quickly. Stop when you don't remember anymore. Don't make anything up. Don't assign identities to the characters unless it was immediately apparent either within the dream itself or immediately upon recalling it. Later, once it's written, you can reflect upon what it meant, spin some theories, think about if maybe you can get a Netflix series of your own from that weird dream about a bull elk with Jimmy Kimmel's mouth that was following you through an empty airport terminal while an old advertising jingle played softly over the PA system. Maybe even you can get Jimmy Kimmel involved. Get him to be executive producer. Dreams can and should be watched for waking world significance. Sometimes, as they say, a hat is just a hat. Plus, what kind of modern hat would you possibly apply to the old Freudian obsessions? What would a hoodie mean to Freud? impotence, lack of identity. Sometimes a mask is just a mask. And sometimes it's just whatever you use as a plague mask. But other times... Other times, dreams are windows to the soul, windows through which the gods of Time and fate and inspiration and longing and doom speak to us, through us. Dreams can be individualized messages or beacons or directions, but they can and often are something like a Zoom meeting, what everybody's thinking, what everybody fears. The Austrian philosopher and psychiatrist Carl Jung broke with Freud in 1913 over Freud's insistence that the whole of human consciousness was little more than the torrents of sexual repression and other dull desires. Creating the new field of analytical psychology to address the much deeper mysteries of human consciousness... Dr. Jung listened to his patient's dream recollections not just as personal and biological turmoil, but as evidence of connections to a wireless data stream that connects all of humanity, all of biological life. And within these streams of ancient and modern information, he began to note many dreamers' uncanny glimpses of the future. The absolute horrors many of his Austrian and German patients reported in their dreams that began taking form as real events, real horror. And the mass executions and genocide of the Third Reich. Images and scenes that seemed too awful to intrude upon the waking life of seemingly modern Western civilization were in fact real scenes from the Holocaust to come. Scenes that would not truly be understood until after Hitler's defeat, after the destruction of the Nazis and the liberation of the death camp survivors and the hideous testimony from the Nuremberg trials. Jung's patients were the elite of modern society. They were wealthy or at least comfortable. Psychotherapy was all the rage in the 20s and 30s with the fashionable and well-heeled crowds intellectualism was very much in, as opposed to the embrace of the idiotic in our own time. What Jung and Freud were allowing this new modern human to do was to pick apart their own minds the same way they picked apart modern architecture and literature and music and the sciences having mostly lost their faith in the old gods, they sought permission to be their own gods. And once given this permission, they really performed the analytics themselves. That's why the gruesome news flashes from the near future were so disturbing. There was nothing really to explain them yet. Still, many of these dreams were literal the screaming starving humans pushed into death chambers were not stand-ins for some trouble in the individual psyche but such portals to future events are rare especially rare in such numbers Jung's dreamers of the Third Reich were from the respectable trades mostly Accountants and medical doctors, secretaries and school teachers, and minor nobles who danced at Habsburg balls, chemists and biologists, academics of all sorts. It was shocking and strange that these people, far from mystic, would perceive the future with such hard and awful clarity. More often, the dreams and visions and mass experiences that foretell the future, possible futures at least, are far more strange, far more difficult to interpret. This, I believe, explains at least some of the mass UFO sightings across the American Great Plains between early December twenty and nineteen. and in mid-January, 2020. For roughly six weeks, beginning in the rural northeastern corner of Colorado and spreading in various and unpredictable directions through Kansas towards New Mexico and across Nebraska and Iowa and northwest into Wyoming, many thousands of ordinary people witnessed extraordinary things in the sky that... Made no sense. You may have heard about these events in the major newspapers from the Denver Post to the New York Times. You may have seen reports on cable news or the Facebook groups that sprung up across the Great Plains where people could discuss these odd visions with friends and neighbors. Witnesses included pilots, sheriffs, deputies, truck drivers, farmers, hunters, children, the elderly, churchgoers, scientists, soldiers. Rare, but not unheard of for such mass sightings, what J. Allen Hynek called UFO flaps, reporters and photographers witnessed a strange activity in the sky, too. the initial reports covering a dozen sparsely populated Colorado counties involved rows of low-flying blobs of multicolored lights sometimes estimated as about 6 feet across, usually silent rarely more than 300 feet above the fields and plains and interstates these mystery craft followed invisible grid lines sometimes miles wide, sometimes with a dozen or more craft moving in alignment, as if tracing a map of the Earth, surveying for something. Because the word drone, usually describing a small battery-powered aircraft flown by remote control, looms large in modern life, people describe these things as drones. Mystery drones, as they became known. No matter that small drones cannot fly for hours on end, do not present randomized displays of intense lights, and do not fly without the telltale buzzing sound that has made the cursed toys so hated around the world. A few decades ago, they would have been called UFOs. A few centuries ago, they would have been called wonders in the sky, or angels, or witches flying on broomsticks. Just as the mass sighting in Fatima, Portugal, a century ago was called Mary, Mother of God, Queen of the Universe. Which is a strange way to describe a cloudy yet brilliant ball of light in the sky as big as the sun which then swept out of the clouds and hovered menacingly above the terrified crowd, instantly drying their rain-soaked clothes with blasts of intense heat radiating from this hovering globe. But over the Great Plains, beginning just after Thanksgiving of 2019 and peaking in January of 2020, threw the word drones at the mystery. Weather cams recorded dozens of odd pulsing lights flying low on the horizon. Many witnesses described what they called a mothership, too. Much bigger and brighter than the lower flying craft. This mothership kept watch. When the smaller craft blanked out, the mothership shot straight up into the night sky, disappearing at a point of light. Not all of the mystery drones flew in robotic grid patterns. Sometimes they shined their powerful spotlights in the farmhouses. Sometimes they paced sheriff's deputies driving the back roads and highways. And they had a strange effect on the ground, too. When the drones passed overhead, cell phones and even wired internet connections went dead. In four states, multiple witnesses reported that the bright flashing lights would blink out when people on the ground so much as reached for their cell phones. Nonetheless, photos and video of the Night Stalkers can be found all over the internet, although a little more of it disappears every day. Many of the Facebook groups have gone dark. Witnesses were tired of being berated by griefers or harassed by journalists and UFO fanatics. One sheriff's department after another first encouraged reports and then suddenly shot down those efforts. The Federal Transportation Department secretary, who happens to be Mitch McConnell's wife, went on the record as saying the mystery craft were unknown and unsolved. The FAA and the military bases of the Great Plains and Intermountain West denied any knowledge of the craft, only saying that such flights were likely illegal and completely unauthorized, if the pilots could ever be found, which they were not. Despite thousands of people on the lookout as Colorado's Department of Public Safety requested in January, nobody ever saw a mobile launch vehicle on the ground from where the mystery drones would have had to have been launched. Nobody ever saw one of the alleged drones take off or land. While many claimed to be ready to shoot the night intruders out of the sky, it never happened the things were untouchable and by the middle of February reports had dropped to a trickle of what they had been in early January by then people who rarely glanced up at the night sky were out in numbers eagerly misidentifying every commonplace thing in the sky as a sinister invader the planets commercial aircraft stars, and especially the SpaceX orbital Starlink satellites that began appearing with regularity just about this time. No matter the difference between orbital lines of pinpoint satellites and low-flying craft shining spotlights into truckers' cabs and bedroom windows, such things likely have no material world explanations. It is left to the diviners and oracles to attempt to make sense of them. And so cognizant of my job title in this radio operation, I say these frightening mysteries that began in early December and peaked around New Year's were an omen of what was on the way to America. Maybe, as Jung theorized... These visions are generated by the electrical power of our own minds, our own combined consciousness. A psychic alarm bell, a warning, get ready, get ready. Who looks outside, dreams. Who looks inside, awakes in all chaos there is a cosmos, in all disorder a secret order. Thus spake Carl Jung. Maybe it's an intelligence, foreign or domestic, perhaps unbound by space or time. We cannot know, not yet. I believe it's far less important to know the how of such things than it is to know the why. One day, perhaps, maybe, some researchers will decode a fast radio burst from across the galaxy and it will tell us to lock down Wuhan completely right now to get everybody out of those senior death camps in Italy and France and America now because it's coming, and we do not yet have the code to put it back in its cage. We can keep trying, at least. Meanwhile, what we know is that these omens and portents and signs and wonders in the sky do have meaning. We must pay attention to them. We must try and put two and two together. The earliest scientists were magicians and prophets and priests reading animal guts spilled beneath an altar. Taking what they know and applying it to what might happen and trying to divine some clues in whatever way they could... They attempted to make sense of the signs. When I started following the mystery drones back in the before times of December, I was following the strange news out of China too, like a lot of us were. Like a lot of us were, pretty much everywhere except where they were supposed to be watching for such things. And as the hysteria over the Great Plains grew, an unrelated hysteria spread across the great land of China. Oh, east is east, and west is west, and never the twain shall meet. Until they do. Until they did. they did in our little global community where the health and wealth of all is the health and wealth of one. You know about inauguration, right? It's when the augurs, the priests and magicians trained to watch the signs of the natural and supernatural give a verdict as to whether it's a good time to anoint a new king, a new emperor, especially by watching the flights of the birds, the actions of the birds. Well, we still do it, the inauguration. We still do it here in America in a self-conscious imitation of the old Roman rite but we forgot to watch for the signs within the flights and actions of the birds. Watch the skies. Not for Hollywood sci-fi licensed characters and basic cable, basic fiction, but for signs' importance. Such things may not hold the concrete answers, but they can tell us when the storm is coming. They can tell us to prepare, to watch the horizon, to know that the next big bad thing that's likely to happen is really about to go down. This time, coming soon. From Amboy to Zyzix and across the Great Mojave Wilderness, this is Desert Oracle Radio, and I am your host, Ken Lane. We broadcast from Joshua Tree. We've got a Patreon set up as well. Much appreciate all of you who chip in a bit to keep the operation going out here in the Great American Desert. And we much appreciate you listening to this program during these weird times. And when times are good, too. And times will be good again. Hang in there, buddies. Good night from the Voice of the Desert.